Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to another edition of Birds All Day. We had took, took a week off. This is the post-Thanksgiving edition, because now, here in the middle of the, of the post-season, the exciting, exciting uh, post-season that we've been witness to, with, uh, though for those of you who love four-hour games that feature as many as 15 or 20 balls in play, the 2018 postseason is the place for you. Uh, yeah, there's nothing going on in Blue Jays land, but we're here. We're back. We're ready to do this. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't know, whatever's going on. And to do, joining me, joining me to do that, uh, joining me as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. James Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing okay. Well, we always come with the hard sell off the top. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All season long, it was like everything's miserable. Now it's like, it's the off season. Things are still miserable. Eh, you know what? I don't know. It's uh, It's been nice for me. I've, I've enjoyed the fact that it's like, okay, we finally are turning the page on that season and finally like pointed towards uh, the bold new future, whatever the fuck that holds. Uh, it could be shitty too, but... I, I kind of like our chances compared to the last two seasons because those uh, those have been dog shit. They have been. They have been a, a bit of an everything go that could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, you might say that the last two Blue Jays seasons were not unlike the Cleveland uh, acquisition of Josh Donaldson, where not everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, but it was definitely it, for the for Cleveland. It was worst case scenario is exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, I mean, what did they give up? But they gave up something. <laughs> they, but theoretically, the, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I know Ross Atkins has one uh, one opinion, but but yeah, I don't know. They got nothing though. I mean, that's the risk. They traded for an injured player who hadn't played since May, and they ru- tried to rush him back to health and to and to play game shape. And I guess he had he had some good at bats towards the end of the um, the season. You know, yeah. like zero leverage games with a team that had clinched. You know, in May, it seemed like. And then he went over the series, basically. He got a hit and a walk in, in game three of a three-game sweep by, that Cleveland was absolutely dominated by such a significantly better team. Yeah, well, yeah, Cleveland won Cleveland won that fucking shit division, right? I mean, that was that was trash. There were, I, I don't know what the final win totals were, but I saw, of course, at the end that the Rays were approaching the same number of wins. Uh, which, you know, playing in a much tougher division, and it's like the fucking Rays, you know, the A's are out there, uh, you know, playing a harder schedule than fucking Cleveland, and Cleveland waltzes in. And uh, and so I thought, you know, all the all, you know, all the stuff aside, it was nice just for that reason to see them uh, get very much outclassed, as you say. They're, they certainly were, and I'm not, not in any way suggesting that I, I don't mean to throw it at Josh Donaldson's feet, and it's not not his fault. He did all that he could. Um, they were against a very good, very, very, very good team. Um, I am I'm gloating a little bit because I kind of said, I, I think I tweeted it or I wrote about it in the story for Vice that was like, Cleveland could end up with 50 plate appearances and then they get pumped by the Astros. And that's exactly what happened. So I was like, hey, got one right. <laughs> but uh, not like it took a bold prediction to see like this team that has that had one of the best run differentials ever um, that had uh, clicked on all cylinders coming into the playoffs uh, is, is good. And now they get to play the Red Sox, which is also what I very much wanted to see um, because I think the Red Sox are really good. And it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 
I mean, I get people don't like the Red Sox, but do you get the sense, because I do, that they are maybe have been overlooked a lot this season? Yeah, I kind of do, actually. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, yeah, the fucking, the Yankees get a lot of, uh, uh, of ink, a lot of noise gets sucked into the room when they're around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the Red Sox obviously are a fucking incredible team. It's, uh, I, I, w- I saw your tweets about it, you know, wanting it to be Boston and Houston, and I, I agreed, and it's nice that, that that's what we've got. I mean, the Yankees were a fucking good team, too. It was obviously hilarious to watch them, uh, uh, piss around a bit there, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I have no love for the Red Sox, but, uh, they're, they're pretty good. They are pretty good. They, um, I keep seeing, like... I, I see your sale tweets and, you know, there's all the, uh, you know, he, he's obviously a thing. I, David, I love the David Price story. I'm now I'm rambling, uh, continually, no, no, no. but no, the David Price can't pitch in the playoff story is fun too. And yeah, there's all sorts of good stuff that this is set up. Well, after game two, when the Yankees won and they teed off on Dave on David Price, who obviously pitched very poorly, um, and Gary Sanchez hit, was hit, taking BP in, in, at Fenway Park, essentially, it, it felt like it, it was all it was over. It, 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 the, the the conversation around the series shifted so dramatically towards the Yankees. The Yankees are a very good team. Obviously, mm-hmm. they won a hundred games. They didn't do it by accident. They have a ridiculous bullpen and an insanely powerful offense. But then the Red Sox just sort of scored. They won the one game like sixteen to one, um, and then they just they played really well. And like he's like uh, as anyone who follows me on, on Twitter would know, uh, just how you know the, how I feel about Chris Sale, uh, who pitched really well in, in game one, but only didn't even get it out of the sixth inning, uh, and then came in for um, in, in relief because they have all those off days, which was a, a smart move by Alex Cora managing uh, for today instead of tomorrow. Um, uh, smart, but uh, it should be a great series. And former Blue Jays, Blue Jays connection, the the good ones anyway. Uh, Steve Pierce just playing like every day. <laughs> yeah, Steve Pierce, yeah, valued Red Sox contributor. It's Steve fucking Pierce. crazy. I mean, yeah, but it's not crazy. I mean, there he could have been that guy for the Jays had not everything that could have possibly gone wrong gone wrong over these you know last couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, and, and in a lot of ways, he was that guy for the Jays when he was healthy. He was uh, uh, the the sad thing about the Jays was that they were playing him a first baseman or DH in left field a lot. Yeah, which he ably ran around out there, but not where he belongs. He can hit, and he's hitting, and he's in the middle of a ridiculously deep lineup that uh, is going to give the Astros at least a good series. Like I, I would be foolish to think that the Astros are anything but the favorite again. And now I'm overlooking the Red Sox. I'm like the Red Sox are overlooked. Massive underdogs against the, <laughs> against the Astros, but uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun uh, fun series. I think so. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the National League a little bit more later. We teased it a little bit in the last episode. We're going to do it as its own segment here on the Big Show. But uh, let's talk about the Blue Jays again. Let's talk about the managerial search. Um, it goes on. Mm-hmm. I suppose. And, uh, you know, Ross Atkins did his end-of-year presser, I guess, since last we spoke. And yeah. I, I think that he said some things that maybe... I, I off, uh, Some things that caught my ear. One of them saying that, that the, the ability to speak Spanish is not, uh, you know, not a requirement. Which, I, I mean, I figure he's got to say that. But also, um, I think it definitely has opened the door to some different kinds of candidates, perhaps. Um, I don't know. What do you? What was your? What was your take on his his 
talking around that idea. Yeah, I, I you know, I honestly don't know because they've had uh, John Schneider in New Hampshire, they've had Bobby Meacham in Buffalo, uh, you know, handling these important young players of theirs. They've had you know uh, who uh, I don't know how fluent they are in Spanish or how much Spanish they speak, but are are neither. Uh, you know, not it's not their first language for either of them. Uh, if they even speak it at all, I honestly have no idea. Uh, so I don't know. I, I it didn't strike me as terribly odd at all. Like I know that that's been a thing that's been thrown around a lot. But I thought he he said the smart thing, which is that you know that could that could be a positive for someone where it's not, but also not necessarily a negative for somebody else. I mean, I think they. Uh, I, I I honestly have no idea how they're you know uh, internally considering these candidates and what uh, what's going to come out of it, to be perfectly honest. I mean, we'll kind of have to, uh, you know, uh, reverse engineer what they really thought once we see who they picked, right? Because right now, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he, was, he was vague about that, and I think that, uh, yeah, I, you, like you clearly sound like you think that, he, that, that it probably is more of a, a, a driving factor in what they are looking for than uh then he let on right is that what you're suggesting well i i definitely believe that from the start and that's something that i sort of said over and over i feel like the ability to speak spanish is kind of table stake for uh, a manager in 2018 especially if you're you're looking for a new one as opposed to maybe having an org guy someone who's been around like what's his name snedeker in in atlanta who is was you know 30 years in the organization if you're starting fresh i feel like that's something that you are going to really want and need, especially in particular when you have, you know, the future of the franchise is knocking at the door and his, he is a, a Spanish speaker natively. And, and I mean, I'm not, I don't, I can't pretend to un- know what level of Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s English is. Uh, is it where, where his English is right now? Um, I'm sure it's much better than, he's better than my Spanish. I'll always say that. But uh, I still think that, that Spanish is, is the way to go. Um, but at the same time, I, I definitely think it's 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 opened, um, uh, you know, it, it might have opened some doors. Him, him saying that or hinting at that. Um, another thing, someone else saw. I saw. It might have been Craig Calcaterra of, of Hardball Talk was talking about. Um, uh, you look at the, the teams that have won the World Series. Uh, most of the man. Like, now this is maybe not necessarily um, correlation and causation, but it's a lot of guys on their second go round. I guess mm-hmm. the question is like, what, who? What was the last time a manager, like fresh, you know, still wet behind the ears, actually won the World Series? Now, that's maybe not the the best measure of success, but a lot. It seems like there's always like there is a, there's a learning period that has to go into that. Guys gotta gotta learn on the job, and maybe the second one is the bet is they're better off second role than they would be in the first. So, oh, so 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 time for John Farrell to get a second chance is what you're saying. You're all about this. I'm, I'm just because it's a brilliant, you know, it's a great troll. It's just something, it's something, you know, I don't know. I, I would shit on other people for doing it probably. But it is, it's hilarious red meat for like, like people who take it seriously and are like, oh my God, not John Farrell. Oh, like, like he's like, like he ran over their dog, you know, speaking mm-hmm. of people, uh, people that I owe a bet to, fuck's sakes. <laughs> Poor Kendry. <laughs> Close. He had a nice year, but no. I, I, but like the Farrell thing, I you know, uh, I I'm obviously joking. I don't think that they could possibly bring him into this market and expect that to be a, 
uh, a success just because it would be so toxic from the start. But it's uh, oh my god. But but I you know I bring him up because because uh, you know I mean he he would be going for his third go around at this point. Ex- exactly. So second is when you've made you lessons learned. You've uh, you have gleaned uh, insights from experience. Third is now you're a retread. So right. third, you're just another guy on the on the go round, and you're never going to win anything. Uh, you know, you're you're just one of those guys that's, that's done it a million times. And, and okay, so you have your way. You're not learning anything. You're like you hired Dusty Baker for the Dusty Baker experience, so I'm going to bring it to you, as opposed to be you know maybe having a, a different uh, perspective. Right. So, yeah. Um, but all of that is to say, You're good. I haven't seen I haven't seen oh, this name. Asso- hmm? Yeah. No. Go ahead. Say, go ahead. Go ahead. I haven't seen this name associated with the Blue Jays, but uh, there are a few teams that are you know, hiring Texas and Cincinnati. I, I know are are in the process of, of evaluating their managers. I haven't seen much come out of Baltimore. I think I mostly because I follow maybe more Texas and uh, Cincinnati people. Uh, but a name that has been bandied about is Rocco Baldelli. Uh, yes, yeah. So I, <laughs> I with, saw some for standing no reason, for was him. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This so like it just it makes it now. Of course, I again I, I mentioned this uh, before or on social media that if you used to read my old blog, that you know that I was like weirdly obsessed with Rocker Rocco Baldelli. I used to write about him all the time for no reason on a Blue Jays, essentially a Blue Jays blog, and it'd be like, hey, look at this. This guy plays for the Rays, and he's hurt all the time. How, isn't that wild? Um, but he has had a bit of a cool, like, uh, trajectory through the Rays system, um, because I've kind of stuck to that hobby horse. So he's, uh, uh, field positioning, like, he's done a, he was the first base coach, he was, um, he was in a, in a player development role before that, and now he, and then he moved out of the first base role, or first base coach role, um, th- this last year was in, in something, um, a little bit, a little bit different, more of like an info-based thing, I, I don't know. He's an interesting uh, person that I hope would at least get a sniff at the job. I mean, so again, if, if you're looking for a young guy, still connected to the game, played for a long time, went through like baseball health adversity, maybe Rocco's your guy. Maybe Rock. Maybe maybe you want to bring in the Wound Socket Rocket. What are you going to say? <laughs> no. I, I think. I mean, I think it's a a, a great, an inspired choice potentially. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know anything about how he would manage or what he, mm-hmm. you know, what he thinks and how he fits with what the Jays want to be doing. But I, I must say, I do like the idea. You know, as much as people love to to harp on the Cleveland thing, you know, they've they've brought a, a few ex- executives from Boston. They've got Gil Kim, who's running the farm, who's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa is another organization that is, you know, really well done. And to have somebody who understands what that winning organization. Uh, is doing you know on a on a first hand basis, uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's helpful too. Maybe that's that's a, a, a good way to uh, you know to try to take the best of, of what your competitors are doing and, and use it against them. Uh, and yeah, he's you know he's got the big league experience you know because that's always that seems to be a thing you know the, the it's hard to hard to have a manager who hasn't had that experience and and to be able to relate to those guys at that level and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sure, why not? He's, he's as good a candidate as anybody, and and I feel like it, I like your your line of thinking there, but not not unlike the things that we said when the Cleveland duo came here was they're not going to come here and do everything exactly as they did it in Cleveland because the situation is different. They'll have more 
resources. Just like if you bring someone from Tampa Bay and say, you know, be our manager, they're not going to do all that wacky, wild Tampa Bay shit because they don't have to. They're not going to use the opener all the time because they're not trying to suppress anybody's arbitration reward. They're not. They're not going to. They're, they're not. Well. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe they are. <laughs> oh, uh, I, oh, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, he, Kevin Cash doesn't do all that wild Joe Madden stuff. No, in... well, that's just that's just clown antics. Obviously, we've all learned by now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like just pure sideshow, <laughs> sleight of hand. Look, look over here. Meanwhile, over there, yeah. stealing money right out of your wallet. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. I do, but it, it's true. It's true. But also, I mean, Tampa does the the opener thing as grown worthy as it is, which it is. Uh, you know, doing innovative stuff, and and I think I don't know if you saw that piece where uh, Shai Davidi was talking to Gil Kim about. Uh, what they're doing instead of regular instructs this year, like they're really they're going outside the box, uh, which for people who hadn't read that is uh, uh, you know, talk to Gil Kim and basically they've separated uh, players out by different needs. So instead of having just regular, you know, instructs and, and everybody, you know, one size fits all, everybody does the same thing. They're like, mm-hmm. uh, there are guys who are injured and need game reps on the pitching side. And on the other side, I think they were, the, uh, they said that, uh, one of the pitching coordinators, as well as uh, David Ardsma, who uh, maybe people will maybe remember when he went, uh, you know, disappeared into the Jays' front office, uh, mm-hmm. are working with video and trying to to pick up things that pitchers are doing to to help them, uh, you know, refine mechanics or or do something else or or you know, uh, and and if you've ever watched any of Ardsma's videos from before he was doing that, you know, sort of post his playing career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that I, I think I can understand how that works, and you can understand how that works. I think I, I, when I was at Blue Jays Nation, people may remember I, uh, uh, there was a piece that he did or that I wrote that included some video that he did on Eric Pardino when the Jays signed him, and you know, just you know, very uh, into you know breaking down the kinetic chain and and shit like that uh, that is above my pay grade, um, and and that I don't know that that. that I'm on a tangent a little bit here, but that's just sort of the, that was an interesting piece that Shai wrote about all the, the different ways that the Jays are looking at player development and to bring somebody in from, you know, a, an organization like Tampa that has, you know, no choice or, you know, has self-imposed the fact that they have no choice, but to be mm-hmm. a great development organization. Uh, yeah, that could work. That is but, smart. I really, I really like that. And I saw, you know, it, it reminded me of something that our, uh, your friend and mine, Justin Bourne, uh, tweeted that, that he kind of RT or whatever quote tweeted somebody else saying that um, in hockey practice, in NHL hockey practices, they got a there's a movement or some teams are, are having the backup goalie do like the main practice goaltending mm, because that. that's that's how they get bumps and bruises and there's no there's no opportunity to learn or get better. You're just getting peppered with shots. Well, you take the starter or whoever is the most the guy who's in need of development or a direct um, um, a correction or adjustments, whatever it is, work with him away from the rest of the team. And I, and, I, and it, it, when you see it like that, you're like, well, yeah, why wouldn't they do that? Why would they let it leave him out there to just hang him to dry and get pelted with pucks and get shit hit in the shoulder and the solar plexus, whatever it might be? <laughs> yeah, because uh, he's, he's the only guy who fits the pads, right? <laughs> like, yeah. He's your, like, he's your multi-million dollar goalie. But they're like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to get have these guys <laughs> screwing around and crashing into you but uh but uh but yeah that makes sense it, it's that is interesting 
Um, and and like you said, it, some of it's self-imposed, but you you don't have to look much further than the, the some of the successes that the Rays experienced this year. Where yeah, they won 89 games, and it doesn't mean shit because they were like 50 games behind the Red Sox, and uh, it, you know they're gonna hang a one more games than they should have banner. But there are a lot of like really good player development successes in that mix. Um, I don't have to think any more than like Jake Bowers or whatever, or uh, what's the other one, the the Joey Waddle or Joey oh, Waddle Whittle, yeah, Waddle, yeah, whatever the hell Waddell. that is, yeah. Uh, but like, there's lots of guys like that. Which is up and down that roster, which is kind of seems to be the thing that the Jays are fishing for a little bit on the position yeah. player side, right? The kind of like these these guys don't look like they're very good, but some of them we can tweak enough to be good, and that'll be good enough. <laughs> around Joey our Wendell. Joey Wendell, that's right. Yeah, that'll yeah. be good. That'll be good enough to plug in around our generational talent. We're stealing money from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it's not on. It's not unlike what Oakland does. So do that to have to augment the around the generational talent of the the, the positional you know guys who are good at the good job, and and I think that's what you um, are going to see with like I don't know. I feel like that's that's the model that the Jays can go with. Like get those get those gains on the margins, but you still need. To have the really good players be really good, that is, really good players yeah. good at at important positions, having yeah. a really good shortstop or a really good catcher, or whatever. You can't uh, can't get budget around around that. You can't budget no. your way into eight win players. You can have lots of two win players, but or three win players. But well, having an eight win player would be nice. You would hate to alienate one of those guys, <laughs> shove them off. Yeah, shove them off to to Cleveland. Speaking of, I know you said earlier that. Uh, uh, you know, the, they, they don't have to do the same thing that they've done in Cleveland uh, because, you know, it's a different situation, different things apply. Uh, but I will give you, I'll give you two names. One is not in Cleveland, but uh, but Ken Rosenthal a while back. I tweeted about this the other day. I don't know if anybody noticed because Twitter is so depressing that I think people are, are, are just fucking finally logging off, it seems. Either that or I'm just despised more than usual right now for, <laughs> for you know, writing... Shapiro Atkins fan fiction or something, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Ken Rosenthal, Rosenthal mentioned that Dave Roberts doesn't have uh, his option yet picked up for next season, uh, that it could be a thing that could allow him to force his way out or that they could part ways. Uh, a guy with a bit of a Cleveland connection, uh, a manager of an organization that I think was among the ones that, uh, that Atkins listed at his uh, end-of-year press conference talking about uh, ones that you know incorporate data really well. Uh, I think if you watched postseason games, there was some you know Roberts chatting from the bench. There were I, I recall him talking about some of the uh, the newfangled uh, stuff that he's bringing to the players, even though he's you know not not the the youngest manager either. So there, there's one. I don't know if he'll become available. I doubt, I doubt that he would or that the Jays would get him. But uh, I would be intrigued there. And then also uh, with your going with your Spanish speaking and your uh, second time around thing. How about Manny Acta? Manny Acta. I'm into that. I like Manny Acta. I kind of like he him was, too. He was like the big fish when he when he first went. I think the Dave Roberts thing won't work because he's going to want to make too much money. That's um, that is no doubt a thing. Yeah, he's won like six division titles in a row and <laughs> yeah. been to the World Series once and could very well be on be on his way there again. Oh, there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's too many teams looking for a manager right now. But if it was just the Jays, like he, whoever they get, would probably be the lowest paid manager 
uh, in the game. <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna be in the bottom, uh, you know, the bottom five probably. Would I be expect, my guess. Yeah, I expect nothing. They're Rocco. Raw, yeah, yeah. Raw. <laughs> uh, also, Dave Roberts is the kind of the opposite of um, of the Rays hires that we just talked about. In that, he's used to working with like a thirty five man roster all year long. Yeah, because the Dodgers much. like just don't give a shit; they just move people in, around as they need to. So I don't know. Maybe you want to you don't want to bring him here, where he's like, oh, you got a really good player there in the minor leagues. Can we bring him up? Can we use him? And oh no, no, we have to wait. Well, we, okay. can't, we can't do that quite yet. <laughs> But apparently, apparently, the new manager is going to—he's uh, going to have to know the whole, the whole depth of the of the, uh, the system, not just the twenty-five men and you know in the clubhouse there, not just the big leaguers, which was a thing that uh, John Lott uh, caught on in Atkins' uh, end of year thing, and that Shia Davidi, I believe, did as well, uh, as a thing that John Gibbons would not—you know—that that's kind of his way of saying, "Here's what we didn't like about Gibby," is that mm-hmm. you know he's not thinking about. Fucking Bluefield, <laughs> which I don't know. <laughs> How much time do you want? Give me to think about Bluefield, really. But uh, and what what that, job that, do you want this guy to pass, do? Yeah. <laughs> well, but I, I think in Lot's piece, he was he he mentioned that uh, you know Farrell could tell you about about those guys. Farrell knew up and down the organization where everybody was, what the plan was for them, where you know that's why. That's why it's so fun to troll his name out there because he really does. And it's been a thing like literally, and I tweeted this when it happened, like literally since day one, uh, like December of uh, of 2015, I was writing like, yeah, Ross Atkins really sounds a lot like John Farrell and, and talking about the, the the player development organization versus the scouting based organization and, and, and some of that weird stuff that happened. Mm. Uh, how... You know, it's just very clear that that there is like a fucking uh, school of thought that has permeated the game where all these guys, you know, coming out of Cleveland or coming out of, you know, John Hart went to Texas and uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Boston guys in there who just have this sort of same way that they think about the game and they are populating front offices everywhere. So, I mean, it could uh, you could just as easily probably say it about uh, that Levine in, in uh, or Falvey in, in Minnesota. Uh, or any of the other, you know, they they just all they really do all sound the same. Um, it's true. There but, but, but Farrell, is a but Farrell fits. Farrell fits that, and uh, well, maybe Farrell could, what could was look going like on. a manager, but uh, but not really act like a manager because uh, he was terrible, if I recall. Well, maybe because he's too busy reading the Bluefield box scores <laughs> and getting scouting reports on fucking I can't think of you know Luke Jackson or some busted prospect from back then. When he didn't even know who who was in his bullpen and who had who was warmed up three days in a row and all that bullshit. That was that's, bad, yeah. Let him manage the team. Win the ball game. Win the game in front of you. That can be your job. You can just you know, run it to have him run around all winter long watching these guys in winter ball, going down to get showing up at spring training in January, being like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, you're working for free. Awesome. Let's uh, let's get right up in that. Um, let's move on. We can talk about the managerial search. It's all uh, it'll start to crystallize soon enough. Uh, there's, there are the names, all that everyone's kind of around and it's different around the same name, right? The Jace, what's his name? Jace Taylor or JC three. I don't know. There's a guy that texted after who guy. He's a, yeah. Uh, Stubby but, Clap uh, is a, is a guy that everybody Stubby likes Clap, here, which, um, uh, I, I, I know we'd, you'd like to move on, but I'm, I'm writing a mailbag right now. There's a question inevitably about Stubby Clap. Uh, I think to remember the people I think often don't. Is that he was the hitting coach of Buffalo in 2016 when Shapiro and Atkins were here, and mm. uh, he left to go manage Memphis, which not you know 
maybe the Jays didn't think that there was a promotion there for him uh, or that he wanted to go. I mean, Clapp had some of his best years as a minor leaguer in Memphis. He's like, he was a really liked player there, apparently. But I don't know. They really valued Stubby Clapp. They had a year to figure it out, and uh, and they chose to not. So I wouldn't be getting my hopes up there, uh, Maple Dicks. Uh, also, another interesting fact about Stubby Clapp, if you spoonerize his name, it becomes Clubby Stapp. That is true. Uh, I, I put it out there earlier today about uh, asking for it was viewer questions, listeners. So nice. I took it to, to Birds All Day on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash birds all day. And I said, what do you guys, uh, you guys got some cues? We might have some A's. I use a little, little cactus in the background because Cactus League is going on. Where uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has, uh, uh, before tonight, he had a mere six hits in this first two games. Uh, I near, nearly to fucking murdered a man, too. Yeah. yeah, 109 miles an hour, hit some poor bastard in the head. Uh, the guy walked off the field, apparently, thank but fuck, again, that's yeah. always fair. Yeah, thank Christ. Uh, but uh, he also, Vlad Guerrero hit a home run that made a just an awful, unspeakable noise. <laughs> like some kind of hell beast just threw its head, unhinged its jaw, and made this awful, shrieking, hellish noise. Uh, but And then the, 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 the open camera, like the camera was on the first base side, you can really see the way he like yanked his hands like way in to get this pitch up and in. Um, I think he might be too good for the Arizona Fall League. He is obviously, yeah. Call me crazy. <laughs> He's probably too good for the American League. Uh, uh, well, now we'll talk about the teens. Fine. If, if only there was a way for us to find out. There is, yeah. If, if only. <laughs> uh, there is one one thing that we could look at, which is the zip the zip projections that Dave Zimborski of now Fangraphs. Uh, uh, published. He wrote his elegy for the 2018 Blue Jays, and he talked about Vlad, and he looked at his zip projections moving forward. Uh, and his zip projections are the best he's ever seen for a prospect, better than anybody. Um, which is not hard to believe because he hits better than anybody. Uh, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, Bobichet, Bo- Bo- of course, not playing in in, in yeah. Arizona. Who's um, uh, it'll wear and tear, bumps and bruises, which I get. I definitely. Kept shooting um, all those pucks at him all year, so. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what's going on. Fall League is in full swing. If you're going down, shout us, shoot us a line. Tell us what you see. Tell us how much fun you have. I bet you're not going because I don't think enough people do. I, I've, said, I've had a couple real. people tweet pictures from the stands there at me. It sounds... Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Good for them. I'm jealous. I would love to... If it was maybe in another country, I would really be down there in a hurry. But uh, that, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, but um, yeah. or or maybe even in another city, <laughs> another state that works too. Um, yeah. it's like almost like the triple the the trifecta down there in terms of like what you're dealing with. There was a clown. A clown said something about the. the did you see this? The the plumber in Poughkeepsie guy. Uh, refresh my memory. This does seem Oh, familiar. so there's a there's a guy, a clown. He had a tape. Oh, I think I do know this. Yeah. He got ratioed within in a, in a way like you've never seen before. He basically said, if Vlad Guerrero Jr., if his dad was the plumber, uh, was a plumber from Poughkeepsie, he would not be a top 10 prospect, suggesting that this guy who flirted with 400 for most of the year with more walks and strikeouts than like a one, you know, a 700 slugging percentage... He's as getting a, by on his name. As a 19-year-old in double A. As a 19-year-old in double A and triple A. <laughs> and triple A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's getting yeah. by on his name. Yeah. This guy. Oh, I'll, I'll see it when I check it out. Um, which is honestly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
It's right up there, actually, yeah. Because that's just stupid. Yeah. His name gets it the sex appeal, and it makes people say things that aren't true. Like, oh, look at him when you see, see him swing. They're like, oh, I can see his dad. It's like, are you sure? Because that ball was in the middle of the strike zone. It wasn't, like, bouncing off the ground. Um, people are seeing those things that they wouldn't see. But you don't have to look beyond, like, how well he is. He hits the baseball to see that that is an elite prospect. That is a literally the best prospect in the game right now because he's not a prospect. He's a big leaguer in minor league clothing, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. That's our Vlad talk for now. Okay. Which we could do. Anything else? Any more Vlad? No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that is a thing. Because, well, Shapiro at the end of the year, I don't know if we already talked about this on another episode. I can't fucking remember. But was you know banging on about how Keith Law was the only one who... Uh, mm-hmm. who, who didn't rate their farm system as highly, and I, I, you know, Law has his own methodology, and I think he had Guerrero behind uh, uh, some. Eloy Jimenez. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if it was him. No, it was the shortstop. Uh, oh, uh, Tatis Junior. Was it him? It doesn't. It doesn't Fernando matter. Tatis he he had it behind someone who who you know actually will play a position. Mm. Uh, and you know, so so maybe he's a little light on them anyway, and and uh, you know it. The the notion of the Jays having this top five farm system is, of course, uh, a complete fraud because, you know, most farm systems don't have a really good big league player stuck in them. That's true. And and, and we've said we, we have gone over this a bunch of times where I get where law is coming from. And, and but also I think the value of having a really top heavy mind of the system is significant sure yeah, yeah because that means you've got good players who are waiting or have artificially or naturally waiting for their opportunity to play in the big league um let's go on to some questions we got a question here from morgan uh who was asking to talk about starting pitching um you know he said with with sanchez Stroman, baraki sean reed foley and uh, thomas panone is there room for a free agent styling or are they going to roll with the kids come 2019 um what do you think well, I, for one, I don't think uh, you named any of their starters. I think that's, you know, Patricia's going to go a couple innings. Uh, you'll see, <laughs> see Tapera will open some games. You know, there's there's a couple, of, especially when they have uh, lefties like Pannone and and, uh, uh, and Baraki, it's going to make it a little bit easier for, for them to, to really utilize the, uh, the opener thing that they're obviously going to do. I mean, why... Tim Mesa is another name. He's going to get a bunch of starts for them, I imagine. You're like, what? You want to? You want to? If you're going to have to give a lot of innings to Sam Gaviglio, you might as well set up your matchups as fucking good as you possibly can. As much as fucking, as much as openers are trash. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Help the help the young lad out a bit. Let I'll say this about the openers. I don't. I am definitely not in favor of the opener, and it's not always. I like the idea of a great starting pitcher. I like the idea of starting pitchers doing lots of innings and getting to watch them and watch them match up. And like that, I am attached to that aspect of baseball. I think God bless Liam Hendrick. (laughs) We, uh, baseball, a lot of us in baseball are people who are close to close watchers and, and people who talk about it or, We've come away from the idea of relievers being uh, fungible, right? That was the idea. They just, relievers are a reliever, and they burn out, and you bring in a new one. 
Um, the the appeal and the the value of good relievers is plain as day. We that debate is not we're not having it anymore. That's why you pay them money because having a really good one is not necessarily a guy who just collects saves, but having good relievers makes your team better. Mm-hmm. The Rays, I think, had a lot of success with the starter because that guy Ryan Stanek, Stanek is insane. He's so good, and maybe yeah, you would love to have that at the in the ninth inning or the eighth inning, but. Have, if you're going to roll with that, it should be a pitcher who's really good. Maybe not your best reliever, but I definitely think there's there it, it, it does have appeal. So, I mean, of all the guys you listed, I'm thinking, because of who I am, I think the pair would be the one who might actually fit the bill. As somebody who could do that a bunch of times, like Panic. Um, yeah. But yeah. the other point of that, I think that the Jays, there's no way that this front office is going to be able to resist the lure of a, of the, of a good dumpster dive. The opportunity <laughs> yeah, to get something for nothing to dress it up in innings eating and veteran leadership and, you know, veteran presence, all that stuff. Uh, there's no way they're, that their doctor, they're going to go in with, with question marks in the form of Stroman and Sanchez. And then the, and then all kids. I just don't think there's any way that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's correct. I mean, I, like, you know who are you, like, who are your best guys? I mean, Baruch is going to be in the rotation. Panone missed half the year because of the PED suspension. Reed Foley sort of just got to Buffalo. Like those guys can still spend a lot of time in Buffalo. I think that without you being like worrying too much about impeding their progress. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's a front office that uh, on one hand, like they're so done with Josh Donaldson, they're like fuck eighteen million for Donaldson. That's crazy, but like. Eight months earlier, six months earlier, we're handed ten million dollars to Jaime Garcia uh, for the exact reason, for the exact thing that you know. You give that, give that contract to somebody else next year. Like fuck, why not? With that little option, that could have worked out brilliantly if he wasn't, you know, fucking awful. He was that. He certainly was that. But there's, there's no way that that the appeal of like a something for nothing starter will never ever wane. That is, that's. Everybody likes that. Everyone yeah. likes the idea of having somebody come out of nowhere and give you innings and pitch well and and get traded you know, for some prospects. Get next traded summer, for some yeah. prospects. Someone who can do it. Um, who the one this year? The guy. Well, who was it? They started a playoff game. I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, Animal Sanchez. I mean, for, yeah, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and uh, there's, so there's no I way. Mean, that, maybe Nate, maybe they get someone Nate, better Nate, than Nate that. Ovaldi is another guy. Nate Ovaldi. A little bit. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. And he was off his ass in Game Three. Holy yep. shit, he looked great. And the Rays, that the Rays are such scumbags that they play <laughs> the scumbag long game, right? They've yeah, done it yeah. twice now. They signed Ivaldi uh, uh, to a two-year deal when he was hurt, and they did the same thing with Wilson Rama. They're not. They're not dumpster diving. They are dumpster selecting. They know which Pete. Which you know the what's the I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, discarded pizza boxes are an excellent source of cheese. That's like a raised <laughs> mantra. Like they know where to go and they they know who, where to find the finest garbage, and they they'll fight for it and they will get they'll lock it down because then they then they get Wilson Ramos and he comes back and he's great and they trade him and then they raise it up and they did the same thing with Evaldi uh, and and he's been great for Boston. Uh, he throws a hundred miles an hour, a hundred in the, like the sixth inning, a hundred yeah. miles an hour. What a game! Yeah. Game it is. Well, but also, I mean, we keep talking about this Rays shit. I mean, this is, uh, 
it's just reminding me of you know the first you know Moneyball 1.0 where it's like all right we're like everybody just started adopting the same strategies of the fucking scumbag A's who were exploiting the system to not you know because they couldn't pay to you know be a real team uh and you know the blue jays uh, as much as you know i as much as it feels like they they well one they ought to be a different kind of operation uh you know the market and everything we know we know all this and as much as it's like yeah atkins and shapiro coming over from from cleveland in part because it's you know more resources more opportunities to to do better things for longer here uh I I don't know how much they're going to be able to resist the temptation of uh, of following in those kind of footsteps too, because that's sort of the innovation that is, uh, you know, you're you get you get so far behind if you don't follow in those kind of footsteps sometimes, and that I wonder is how these people fucking think, which I'm not sure I'm not sure I I care for uh, <laughs> for the the you know the logical uh, endpoint of that the logical outcome of that. So then I guess what what is what's the uh, what do you do then if you have scumbag tendencies or you are prone to efficiency at all costs brutal efficiency without any consideration for the you know whether or not you should it's all only a matter of good um where does a team like that then spend its money I mean, I think last winter will be may, may end up looking like an aberration especially this <laughs> I, year. ivory back scratchers ivory back scratchers <laughs> for all. Because, like, I guess, is what's the next tier? Like, is is there a tier of starters that the Jays would legitimately pursue of more veterans? Like, they're not going to go after Patrick Corbin, obviously, and and then if Clayton Kershaw opts out, they're not going to be you know sniffing around, being like, hey, Clayton, come bring your broken ass back to pitch on the turf in Canada. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I have. I guess I should if, before I ask that a question like that, I would I should look at the potential free agent, but. I mean, maybe dumpster dive is a, is, a, is a harsh word. I mean, last year they were they were in on CC Sabathia, right? Supposedly, they, yeah. Uh, they ultimately he saved the Yankees and then pitched really, 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 really well. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. They could have traded yeah, so, him to the Yankees if they'd signed him. I, I mean, and then that money <laughs> ended up going to to Garcia, I believe. I would imagine so. Yeah. I think I think so, CC got a little bit more, but anyway, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, next one is a four is the forty man roster question. Who will be the be replaced by prospects? Need to be protected from the rule five. We've kind of been through this a little bit, and then yeah, you're gonna what? You're, these people are asking me to, me to look at a fucking list. Like I, I don't really, I don't have it quite quite perfect in my head. Who is eligible? Who is in danger of being selected in the rule five? I mean. Fortunately, though, for me, there's like two months to fucking figure all that out. Um. Um, (laughs) With that in mind, came from Brandon. Brandon asked the question. I think another wrinkle uh, that has been added to this mix was the arbitration number. I mean, it's not really a a new wrinkle, but um, MLB trade rumors uh, published their estimated uh, arb rewards. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. which again, nothing really new, um, nothing that that should really blow anybody's mind. Uh, it just sort of puts a bit of a finer point on, uh, yeah, you know, I could see um, these guys maybe not going forward with the some of these players that are due to earn this significant amount of money or more significant amount of money. Uh, we're all, this is basically like 
Kevin Pollard might get non-tendered. I think this is kind of what we're saying in many words. It, yeah, I I don't I don't think they'll non-tender him. No, I don't. But I I mean I would imagine they would try to trade him. Yeah, it could be one of those things where you know you don't work at a, a trade uh, and you end up just non-tendering him in anyway. Yeah, but he but that would Jesus. <laughs> That would look That'd great, be a harsh I way to think. end the guy who's been like every, go from your everyday center fielder for four years. Yeah, like, peace, you're out. That, <laughs> that is kind of the most Shapiro Atkins way this could end, really. Though I mean, just based on the way that that their moves have been received and everything they've done has been received. I mean, that is if you want to maximize outrage over uh, over what happens with Pilar, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the one. Oh yeah, we tried to trade him, but couldn't find the right. Take her for the right price, so we just let him go for nothing. Uh, cue fucking pitchforks and torches. <laughs> many, 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 many. Big Richard, one point yeah. seven million dollars, same as Ryan Tatera. I didn't think he'd been that good for that long, but uh, anyway, he's got he's got some innings. Well, you know, he's going to get some starts next year, so that's even going to make him more expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, not a lot of <laughs> wins though. There won't be a lot of wins in that mix. Uh, yeah, the Jays have 11 arbitration-eligible players. Uh, Mark Stroman leads the way, expected to get over $7 million. I'm sure he'll, he will be pushing hard for his... I heard something recently that Marcus Stroman attended his own um, arm hearing last year in person. Right yeah, because he popped off on Twitter about it. Why would he do that? <laughs> the general manager wasn't even there. Well, well, I mean, to learn the business? I don't know. Why does Marcus do anything that he does? Just duels of fire. That's right. That's right. Self-inflicted chip on the shoulder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. So then, yeah, nothing. I don't. I can't see any of these other people being real like non-tender candidates. That Devin Travis at two point four entirely manageable or not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's and this is why. I, this is why you know when we were talking earlier about. Uh, you know, feeling refreshed and turning the page. Like I think there's like because of that, because of the forty man stuff which i obviously turned up my nose at but is really a thing because they're probably going to move some guys around to try to mm-hmm. uh keep as many of their uh, rule five eligible guys that they like that they can uh so I, there could there could be some some early november deals and and some deals that you know there was a trade the other day uh which almost never happens um not from the jays i forget what the fuck that trade was with bearclaw yeah yeah bearclaw yeah. was traded from the uh, marlins to the national, I believe, the big piece going back was the international. The international, pool. yeah, that's uh, yeah. As the Marlins are thought to be making a run at what's his name, Victor Victor Mesa. Yeah, um, that's the one, and his other, and his brother Victor Mesa, or Victor <laughs> Mesa Junior. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Marlins go get, taking that money in. <laughs> that's that, yeah. There's a Marlins question in the uh, in the mailbag. I was just writing about it before we came on, so I was looking at their like cots page, and it's just like you. have Fucking pathetic scumbags! It's you know what's fun to look at that yeah. that is um, to look at how bad like Lewis Brinson is, and <laughs> basically to to go backwards. So this is going to get to the next question, right? Like we're this is okay. this is like, right. I'm, this is the build. This is the build. What are we talking about here? Where how did Lewis Brinson get to Miami? Yeah, we Hold know that. that. Uh, the last question, Jeffrey Smith. I can use his name, his full name on because uh, his name is Smith. Uh, I love prospects and rebuilds, but just how bad will Jays be next year? Fourth again? Yes, probably. But 
They don't have to be that bad, do they? No, I don't think so. They don't have to be that bad because if you try to win, sometimes you do. Like the Milwaukee Brewers, for example. The Milwaukee Brewers, who have a little bit of the 2015 Jays vibe because they were good and then they made a, they did a bunch of moves at the trade deadline um, and it made them, and, and then they really took off. But the big trade, the big moves that the, the Brewers did was like they actively made look to improve their team over the winter and they did. But the thing about Milwaukee that's different than everybody else is that Milwaukee does not really have any homegrown stars on their roster. Ryan Braun is a different case because he's been around for so long. He could have come and gone a hundred times. This, the Brewers are not a team that is lined wall-to-wall with, like, pre-arb studs, right? They've got some guys like that, like Aguiar or whatever, but the strength of the Brewers were was made through shrewd trade. And God love them for it. And, of course, a free agent signing. Not just signing any free agent, but signing a good free agent who they still had to pay lots of money, but a guy that fit their needs and is a really good player in Lorenzo Cain. And they made the trade for... Yelich. And now here they are. And they are my they are my beacon. They are the light, the shining light amongst all the tanking bullshit teams that are just trying to copy what the Marlins sorry, copy what the Astros did or copy what the what the Cubs did and just sort of like load up on all these guys and draft and draft and draft and draft and draft. And hope that it works and hope you don't turn into the Padres. The Brewers. The Brewers are the ones. So no, it's not gonna happen. But no. it's out there. It's out there. The playbook or a version of it, the template is out there. Fuck it. Trade them all. Just try to win. Make the team as good as you can. And and I look at the package that the Marlins got for Yelich, and it makes me want to harm myself. <laughs> because Brinson is a nice piece and who's now been traded twice. And there's... Every team's got a guy like that. So maybe start piling on a few of the other guys. Like, it, it's a, the, the baseball economics are so fucked up that a team like the Marlins could trade Yellick and that you could get him for what they got him for. Now, of course, he's really broken out. But even if he didn't go bananas this year and like win the MVP, he's still a really, really good player that really would have helped them become a much better team. So maybe the Blue Jays can do that. Maybe they can't. Maybe they can look at what they've got, and maybe they look up in May and they see that Vlad has uh, finally learned how to play third base, and they can bring him up to the big leagues and let him hit. And maybe the, some of the other young pieces are in place. Maybe they could spend some money. Maybe like that's that's the thing that that the unspoken thing about the Rays when the Rays are running around being like, "We won eighty nine games. Look at this. All the haters who were saying we're a disgrace to baseball." Like, maybe if you signed like one good player this winter, you could have made the playoffs instead of just happily. You know, patting yourself on the back for not sucking. Win. So just Try to win. A, yeah. yeah. Hang a banner saying, like, we won more. Yeah. Like, best uh, win, dollar per win season of all time. Uh, it's, it's, it's Brewers, man. The Brewers are, they, they are doing what it what they need to do. And it's, I love it. Yeah. They got those. They, the, they clap for Josh Hader, though. So, well, that's the fans. The fans are the fans. They don't. Yeah, Mike Petrillo, but, uh, so we we, yeah. we teased this before, and Mike Petrillo wrote about it for MLB.com just this week, saying that uh, there were 25 Brewers 
on the roster, four were drafted by the team. One was Ryan Braun, who again they've signed and could have brought back. Uh, uh, could have left at any point, but so uh, Corbin Burns is a reliever, Brandon Woodruff, and then shortstop Orlando Arcia, who is uh, a lot of fun. Can't really hit anyway, but like it's the only other team that's another team that's that's like that is the Blue Jays, technically. And when they won, that was kind of their model. So let's do it again. Do it again. Ben there are, yeah. No, it, 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 I, yeah, I don't think the 2019 Blue Jays are, are quite in that position. No. Uh, I mean, remember, there were rumors that the Jays were in on Yelich. I don't know how much that was true or how much that was like mm-hmm. Blue Jays peddled fiction. Yeah. Uh, from their from from their PR department, which is now even more turned over, apparently. Oh yeah, that was a Scott uh, Scott MacArthur of PSN Radio, um, and tweeted out. I don't know if he broke it. He want to say that, but I think so. Yeah, uh, Jay Stenhouse, who has long been the head of the um, uh, media relations team there at the Blue Jays, I think three decades. Uh, apparently, he's he's time the Blue Jays is over. So uh, you know, I, he's a guy that I've dealt with quite a bit, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know. Hope he's on to moving on to something better. That's all you could ever uh, hope for in this time, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And also, uh, what was the other guy that left? Um, Mal. Well, that no, that was years ago. But, oh. uh, but uh, the, the Sebastian. Oh, uh, the Gorka. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he, oh, Gorka. No. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Gattaca. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he's yeah, gone too. He left, so those, he those left are two, a few those, weeks ago. Yeah, and those are the two sort of big. Those were the two main PR people for the Jays. It's weird. It's almost like the they feel they may have a, a problem with PR somehow. This is me stumping for the job, obviously. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, you don't already do it. Why would they pay you? You do it for free. Yeah, I heard. I, I read that in the Sun that one time. Yeah. Nobody um, reads the sun. <laughs> well, I bought a copy, uh, but I don't. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what my point was bringing that up. But that is, there's another news story for you. But we were talking about Yelich. There was. A, oh yeah, I said. I said Blue Jays created fiction because who knows whether, you know, how serious they were about uh, Yelich last year. But I think there was a, a report that uh, they turned down uh, Guerrero for Yelich. I remember like Bichette for Yelich was a, a question that was being asked for a long time, which. Uh, I'm going to put to you how uh, hindsight being what it is. I think I know your answer, but would you would you trade Bichette for uh, Christian Yelich? Absolutely. You know what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to go back and pull up an episode from about 11 months ago where I said literally those exact words. I said I would trade Bo Bichette for for Christian Yelich every day, every day of the week, and I would have done it then, and I would probably do it now. I'm, well, I would definitely do it now. <laughs> yeah, because with so. the MVP. But absolutely, absolutely. Yell it for me, and it, just like it was then, I, I said this last year, and I'm sure that lots of people listening will remember, or they won't, but I no way for Vlad and 100% for Bovishet, 100%. Um, but maybe my recollection of the package that they got for him um, was like crazy light. Crazy, crazy light. Because That's true, yeah. Because uh, maybe I don't hold Lewis Brinson in high enough regard, um, but he was obviously a very uh, guy with a lot of tools. Guy who was, who was uh, in another big trade, going back to Texas, and uh, or where was? No, no, Br- yeah, Brinson was was. It, I don't know. Anyway, uh, 
but yeah, I would have absolutely done that. And and if if there was a Jay's equivalent of the pack that they which they, what that they got, I would have done that too. But let me just pull it up so we know at least we know what we're talking. Sure, if you'd like to do that. I, I'm also I've just pulled up that it's episode 142, uh, Old Man Yelich at Cloud. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well I believe <laughs> I believe that I believe there was some discussion of that. Yeah. Uh, for the players, for instance, this is scintillating uh, audio we, for everybody we, we here. I'm not cutting this out. this out. I'm not fucking Sorry. cutting this out. Miami acquired Luis Brinson, <laughs> uh, Ison Diaz, Monty Harrison, and uh, uh, Jordan Yamamoto. Um, three of which were Brinson, uh, Diaz, and Harrison were among the Brewers' top ten. So, I'm sure that it happened then, and I'm sure we would do it now. But I don't think it's inc- it, it would be too difficult to create a Blue Jays version of that packet. We start with was... Anthony Alford. Well, <laughs> while while that is crude to be to say here they traded for it the speedy man of color as we like as we've said meant more than once on this show yeah, yes. uh so sub in the blue jays version of that with t- tongue in cheek of course <laughs> uh, uh sub in the blue jays version of a toolsy outfielder who's shown a lot of potential um there you go uh and then you can get any number of not now especially they got shortstops coming out of their ears uh and then whatever the Outfielder Monty Harrison. I'm sure they've got outfielder Monty Harrison. Um, Non-union Canadian equivalent kicking around somewhere. Um, So, yeah, make that deal. Make it every time. Or give him Bichette and take away the rest of the bullshit. But uh, I don't know. I just just love that 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 team has been kind of cobbled together in a different way. And they've, like, uh, as Mike points out uh, for StatCastRemily.com, they've got, um, you know, waiver claims. They made a lot of, they made a lot of good trades. They made some trades that, uh, well, like they they traded Adam Lind, right? They tried to trade for Adam Lind, and then they turned around and uh, and they flipped Adam Lind um, to the Mariners and got three prospects back for him for Adam Lind. It's <laughs> pretty good, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just they've done well. They've made some savvy trades, and they just they they've been trying to build a winner, and now they've done it. And I hope against hope that they beat the Dodgers and that they go to the World Series. They don't get murdered by the Astros and Red Sox. But. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It, it, it is very nice to see a team that is actually trying to, like, really trying to win, not just paying lip service to the idea while, you know, clearly on the background, <laughs> figuring out ways, devising ways to steal money from the top prospects and and uh, suppress arbitration salaries even further. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, that's let that be the exact model that you would want to follow if you are hoping that Atkins and Shapiro or the Cleveland Brain Trust is, has something in mind, which is come to a place where they have more resources. So build, build prospects, pre, you know, develop players that aren't big bonus babies because then you're playing with even more house money. But then trade them for guys who can help the big league team win if, it, if they're not going to do it themselves. Trade them for guys who are on, not in into arbitration, or guys like Yelich who, who have signed deals that may not end up being perfect and winning the the you know the dollar per win above replacement um, equation. But like Yelich's deal is so team friendly with five years remaining, and that's it. The, the, the Marlins don't want to pay it. So let 
please, God, let us play it. I would love to pay that contract. Maybe that's how you got it. Maybe that's what their plan is. That's what my plan would be if I was them. If I was determined to 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 develop players and to to attack weaknesses within a player's game and improve it or let them be the best that they can be and then fit them all together in a nice little jigsaw. Or if they don't fit but they have value, turn them around and bring me somebody that can win. Do that over and over. Just keep adding to the big league team, not just collecting prospects for the sake of having. And and if that's what they're doing, if that's a, that we could charitably well, look at what they've done and say that's what they've been doing, and that's what the a guy like Brandon Drury that we've gone back and forth and, and over and over again on who he is and what he could be. But uh, I don't know. That's my goal. That's my hope. Yeah. No, that's a fair goal. I, I, I think that, it, you know, it does look like that's what they're, or it looks like what they're doing is not that yet, but they mm-hmm. may not, they may not yet be at the phase where it's time to start turning their surpluses in the system into, uh, into more talent, because I think that's, that's, that's sort of where they're going, right? I mean, they don't want to, mm-hmm. they don't want to trade all their best prospects. They want to have so many prospects, I think, that, that they you know they can use currency and still not destroy their farm system. That would seem to be the the sensible way to do it. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you have to fucking pay up and 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 go for it. And yeah, the Brewers really uh, uh, for a team that was, you know, the projections were 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 a little bit sour on them. They've been mm-hmm. uh, you know they'd had a nice year the year before, but it was kind of it felt like it was overachieving. Uh, you know, what if you're the, like, what if the twins go out and do that instead? Like, what, uh, you know, that, uh, they, they sort of chose not to, and that's the people who are, you know, of the same mindset as the people running the Blue Jays, which it doesn't uh, necessarily bode well. No. I mean, it's bad, but uh, I don't know. But that's, that's what they're those, also looking for a manager as well. Like, yeah, they sure are. Um, but yeah, like, God bless the Brewers. God, God bless them for doing it. And, uh, I don't. Flags, I mean, flags fly forever. Flags fly forever, and, and I hope that the Phillies come out this winter and and do the same thing and, and really act like a team that's trying to win, um, a team that that kind of faded over the the course of the season, but but obviously has a lot of promising pieces in place. Um, they, if anything, the Phillies did it. The, they did it a little too early last year, and they signed Carlos Santana to do yeah. the job of a guy <laughs> they already had to do that job. Um, and another another one to watch, maybe the Braves. Maybe the Braves. Are, you know, obviously they've gotten the playoffs for the first time, well, the first time in five years, and then they blew up a perfectly good team. Uh, but maybe they're looking to spend. Maybe they're looking to 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 find ways to make their team their team better. So clearly, Josh Donaldson is going to the Braves, right? I mean, obviously, we all know that. Oh, do we? I don't know. Sure, why not? I mean, Anthopolis acquired him once. They have a history. <laughs> it uh, it is it is a spot where he could fit, though. Well, they've got uh, what's his name Camargo. He played. We played well. Yeah. Josh Donaldson, man, I worry about the, his. The, I think he, musical chairs are not favoring him at the moment. Uh, are any they? any sort of movement isn't really great for him. It seems. Gingerly mocking around. <laughs> gotta get off that Dr. Pepper. Gotta get gotta drink some damn water, Josh. That reminds me, I should drink some water. I think that's it. You know, we we talked a little bit about the Brewers. We held them up, put them on a pedestal. Next year when they win seventy five games, because Lorenzo Cain is hurt and nobody can pitch, <laughs> come back to me. But uh but yeah, that is uh that's about it. You got anything else? What's going on with you? No, not a lot. I don't know. Wrote about, wrote about things that people would hate to see the Jays do, and now I'm writing a mailbag. And uh, I, no, the off season is uh, it's re-energizing me. I must say, because uh, the last couple of months of the season, 
fucking dull. Yeah, it's but, true. Playoffs uh, have been pretty good. They play out the wild. The wild card games were good. I wrote about them. That was the, I. I like them. I like them so much. I've come all the way around on the wild card games. Uh, we we had the 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 athlete, You had the athletic uh, listeners event or mm-hmm. uh, subscriber event. That was a couple of weeks ago. That was fun. I don't know. That's about it. So you'll be uh, you're at the athletic and still doing your athletic things. I am. Um, and, oh uh, yeah! Oh yeah! I drove. I drove my buddy's. Uh, it's a red 1989 IROC. Uh, That's cool. I drove it. I drove it home after that athletic thing the next day. I crashed at his mm. place, and uh, I'm going to say about 4:45 on uh, on the Friday afternoon, heading uh, eastbound around Ajax. Uh, the fucking trans the transmission blew in stop and go when I was in the fast lane. It was just like. You know, put down the clutch. All right, let's go. Traffic's moving again. Like, nope, it's not. It's not catching at all. I am now in a fucking turnip here at the side of the road. Uh, <laughs> at uh, so I just like would I would like to apologize to anybody whose weekend I may have ruined by uh, because there it wasn't just the one lane of traffic that was fucked because I was stuck in it. Uh, it was also the one that everybody was trying to get out of got fucked for a bit there too. At, at like the exact moment when the entire city is like pouring onto the 401 uh that was me in a dickhead car <laughs> at the shoulder uh <laughs> does it have like of, a t-roof or anything like that it's got a you can you can pop some shit off uh <laughs> just like shrugging my shoulders about it uh because you know that's what happened were you by yourself or was was oh, the was owner of the vehicle no no he oh no yeah 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 you couldn't even push it no, I couldn't push it, no. Ah, that sucked. It was fun to drive, though? Oh, it was great to drive when it wasn't stop and when go, it, which, was, the, a, which the... was approximately six minutes of my, like, hour and 15 getting out of the city before it uh, it went completely dead on me there. Did it, uh, is it four speed or five speed? It's five. Five, five. nice. Oh, That's it awesome. was, it was, yeah, no, it, it, it was something else. It was going to be a really fun drive until it got super shitty there. <laughs> I tell you what. That sucks. Uh, all right, that's it. Oh, I was on TV talking about the Blue Jays, actually. Oh, nicely uh, done. Yeah, it was fun talking about... And I said uh, I made, I made said that I wanted the Blue Jays to hire Alex, and th- uh, Alex Rodriguez. I said that on TV. And yes. I, made, uh, I, I repeated a joke I made on the podcast about Fortnite. So that was a big day for me. That's outstanding. Big, big well, day. Well, you're, you're one of the presenters of Birds All Day. Good chaps, good chaps. Those guys. <laughs> they I call forgot. Him, they call I already forgot about that. I for, uh, we laughed about a bunch of things, but I also for, I'd forgotten that we were called the presenters. Also, I that felt like a, a bit of a hallucination. That's probably why I haven't <laughs> thought about it at first, because it was just like a weird, like madcap five seconds of of sports talk while yeah. these in the middle of the night. These guys are God only knows what was up with them. They were I don't know. That was wild. That was wild stuff. Uh, that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. Thank you uh, for abiding uh, the week off that we took, uh, mostly inten- uh, unintentionally. Uh, but we're back in it again. Playoffs are going strong. Hope everybody enjoyed the division series, the elite championship series. So looking pretty spicy. Uh, I know that I'm looking forward to it. So as we said, you can read Stoughton at The Athletic. You can read me sometimes at uh, Advice. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash birds all day. As I mentioned, we popped a question in there today. We got some nice responses to Thanks to those folks who responded to that, who are using Facebook still in 2018. Uh, you can follow us uh, on soundcloud.com slash birds all day. It's where you could get the RSS or we upload the, vi- the, the, the podcast right there as well. 
Um, and of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash birds all day is where we, uh, we, uh, we are powered by our listeners as, uh, we keep, it keeps us going and keeps us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. Well, thank you to everyone who's been with us since the beginning and who is, or who's joined recently. Uh, we're going to have some fun stuff planned well, when the playoffs are over, I've decided, because we don't want to try to go up against, uh, playoff baseball with something cool, but we got something cool, uh, in the pike. So hopefully you'll see that soon. And, uh, that's about it. Stoughton, you got anything else? I do not. That's it. All right. So thanks again. My name is Drew. His name is Andrew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.